We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Making Mizzou. I'm your host, Martin Rucker, with my homeboy, Tommy Saunders from Carney Moe. Big thanks. Big shout out to our sponsor, 360 Vodka, for sponsoring us here on Making Mizzou. This show um, is about a little bit about Mizzou football, a little bit about the people who uh, made Mizzou what it is, people who are going to make Mizzou what it's going to be, and the people who are currently making Mizzou what it is right now. And so, again, thank you guys so much for joining us. And we are coming off a big, big Tiger win. Uh, we lost a, a close one, a good game, one that we probably should have won, uh, had the opportunity to, but um, bouncing back strong, beating another team that you're supposed to beat, that's exactly how you do it and how you launch them positive trajectory into the rest of the season. Tommy, tell me what you thought about uh, Mizzou's bounce back win against SEMO. Well, uh, first, I just want to say last episode with Chase, uh, I didn't want to say this with him on the show, but because uh, I thought it'd be weird with the competition, but I was going to get into like how you let me manage all your Bitcoin and all your uh, cryptocurrencies. And so I thought he might build some type of way since you let me run all that for you and, um, you know, not let him handle all your assets. So, you know, I thought that was good for you not to bring that up. So hey, that was really I appreciate you acknowledging that it took a lot of restraint. Um, and so, you know, that was a, I appreciate you keeping our relationship intact, uh, both with me and you and with me and Chase um, and you and all your bit. No, to everybody out there who loves Bitcoin, I'm not dissing Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> all your cryptos maybe in 100 years it'll be legit you know what i mean but right now that's tommy's area <laughs> you can hit him up on the side for uh the crypto don't do deal. it you got it you got it you got all the dogecoin and everything that's all you i do got a little bit of it but just a little bit of it because i'm still not right. quite sold yet yep i feel you anyways the game <laughs> i uh Turned the game on. Uh, I was late. I recorded it and was about to start it from the beginning. I looked at it and it was 38 nothing in the second quarter. And I didn't watch any of the game, <laughs> to be honest. But after a, you know, a close game like Kentucky, you want to see them come out and dominate SEMA. And they did that. Great confidence booster going into Boston College. So we'll see how they uh, show up this weekend. Uh, but I was glad to see that they came out, got a big win, got some confidence, 
and got a bunch of people on the field. Yep. No, I felt the same way. Um, you know, whenever you go into a, a game, there's a hostile environment there in Kentucky, and it was a hotly contested game. It went all the way down to the end. And it didn't work out in their favor, in our favor. And just having been on teams in the past, you know, 2004, uh, the year we were supposed to be really good and didn't even end up going to a bowl game. And, uh, you know, 05, 06, good seasons, but, you know, still lost some games we shouldn't have. Um, you can get, and you see it all the time around the country, you can get that hangover effect, right? You put so much into it, it didn't quite work out. You're upset. You're still focused on that game a little bit going into the next one. Even though it's not necessarily uh, top-tier competition, sometimes you have the tendency to play down to the team's level that you're playing against. Or, you know, you think you can take a week off. And so you don't prepare as hard. And that clearly wasn't uh, what happened here in this game. And so I was really glad to see that. I also feel like that's kind of a sign um, of a mature team that's able to handle a loss, deal with a loss, and then come back and win a game they're supposed to. Uh, you look at the schedule and there's games on here where you're like, yeah, I know you're supposed to win those games. But at the same time, you still got to go out and win them. And so right. whenever you start getting the effects of the season, however that's shaken out, good and bad, because, you know, you're riding too high and you think your stuff doesn't stink, then you can get smacked by somebody too. And so by seeing them bounce back, you know, they beat Central Michigan, team they should beat, um, mm -hmm. and then losing Kentucky and now beating SEMO. They're winning the games they're supposed to win, and that's almost half the battle right there. And so I'm really proud of that, and uh, I'm really excited about, um, you know, the, the possibilities because everything that this team wants to do is still on the table. we got a lot of season right. left to go. And so, you know, this is uh, – they're back on track. Right. Um, you know, looking at Mizzou's schedule, this is a really big game for them. They yeah. got, you know, B.C., Tennessee, North Texas. Um, if they can get a win here, uh, it takes a lot of momentum to those next two games. And Boston College has Clemson next game. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, they're 3-0. and They can overlook Missouri after, uh, you know, having a loss to Kentucky and looking at Clemson. Yep. And so it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be uh, interesting to see uh, how each of these teams' schedules pan out after this game because this is a huge – this could be a huge win for Mizzou and momentum into these uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think that it's good that we're playing Boston College because if you're playing another team that's, you know, a similar level um, of SEMO or something like that coming right out of this game, it's easy to kind of get lulled to sleep. Um, playing lower tier competition back to back to back, which is why I kind of like this mm -hmm. setup for this this schedule with playing an SEC team early and then having some some decent competition because Boston College is a team that can beat you. So, you know, having to refocus, get back in the win column with SEMO, and now you've got a legitimate opponent that you're about to play. And not only are you not at you're, you're going there, you're not at home. They have to right. init, uh, automatically refocus all over again. And so it's really kind of helping set the table for the rest of the season here, especially um, these first half of the season here, because Tennessee, we should win that game, but that's going to be a game that they're going to have to be ready for. And so Boston College allows them not to take any weeks off and makes them continue to stay locked in uh, and be ready to go for the football season. You know, back in the day when you had those first four cupcake teams, it was there was two seasons, right? It was that season that you skated through, and then it was, all right, now it's time to play right. football. And so this gets right. you in that mindset of, hey, we got to play football, and it's time to go right now. 
tie these cleats right. up and let's go get it. How we've never played Boston College, right? No, I don't think we have. What is it? Is your mindset different whenever you go play a team that you've never faced before? Um, are you more alert? Are you more ready? Um, kind of what is that for you uh, as you're going to play a team like a Boston College? You know, a team like this is a storied institution, right? Like they've been good. They've been bad. They've been really good. They've been okay. Uh, but it's a team that you know, and it's a team that you know can beat you. So the first thing in your mind is, for me anyway, what I would be thinking is, okay, after this game, I want to be able to say that I beat Boston College, right? right. Nobody's going to be, 10 years from now, nobody's going to know how good they were that season. They're not going to remember that. But there is, there's bragging rights in saying that you beat uh, a Big East team, you know, you beat uh, a storied uh college football program. Right. Um, so that, that would be on my mind is making sure that I prepared enough to win this game. And then the second thing is, is as serious as all of this is, these are unique experiences that not everybody gets to learn or not everybody gets to experience, gets to go through. And so heading up there, I would be uh, tuned into all of the scenery up there in the Northeast. It's an area that I haven't traveled much, even um, privately. Uh, recreationally so just everything that comes along with it checking out the campus as mm -hmm. we go in while staying locked in and um you know just appreciating the opportunity to go up there and stomp their butts <laughs> how about you how would you prepare for this any different or would you would it be um, the same as ever again i think what you just said uh about the scene and everything um there's only a you know two times i we went and played somebody where i remember like the scenery and and other you know real things about it that stuck my mind when we played at arrowhead i just remember you know driving up to arrowhead stadium and you got mizzou fans on one side and the other yeah. fans cussing and throwing stuff at the bus <laughs> and flipping you off and uh it was like the sun was setting it was just an amazing as you're going to the stadium that gets you locked in to the game and, and the experience and the atmosphere uh then you know colorado i thought was interesting because there were all these signs everywhere that talked about the elevation and how it's hard to breathe. It was like, from as soon as you got off the airplane at the airport and on the bus, everywhere it talks about how it's going to be hard to breathe and whatnot. And then you get out there and now you're like, okay, is it hard to breathe or am I like, am I all right? You know? Yeah. But I just think those, those experiences uh, really lock you into the moment and where, uh, and you're not thinking about the next game. You're not thinking about anything else. Right. It's like and you know, those things, these things are subconsciously. It's not you're never going out there and not giving your all. But at for Boston College this week, they know they have Clemson next week. They know they're going to give everything they got uh, the next week. Right. So maybe this week they're not going running as fast. You know, they're not on their go routes. They're letting up a little bit. And all those things uh, matter. If you're not if the receivers aren't stretching the field in cover two, you know, the uh, safety can play both. And so uh, those are the things that I notice and I want to see uh, all those little details in the games that get overlooked and it just looks like a big play, you know, and, um, and mistakes. But some of those things have a huge impact in the game and, and they're real because if you're not training yourself mentally in the offseason, these are the games that it's going to show up. And a lot of this is for Boston College. They are the ones that have all the pressure on them so 
Yep, and I think, you know, if you got Clemson the next week, it might be easy to overlook this team coming in that's two and one, trying to get ready for uh, the big game, which, you know, of course no one looks ahead, but uh, we all know that they do. <laughs> yep, 100%. One game at a time. Right. One game at a time, but you you know. Win the next play. <laughs> yes, you know. It's about can you focus? Can you right. focus? Can you be here now and go out there and give everything you got on this play? And that takes practice. You know, you have to do that in the weight room uh, in the summer. You got to do it every single rep in camp, and you got to be able to take it one game at a time. But if you don't practice that, then it's not going to happen during the season. So thinking about focus, talking about focus, what is like, what did you use to do to get yourself in the zone? Did you have a pregame ritual? Uh, was it a song? Was it, I don't know, what was it that you did? Put a towel on your head. What is it that you did every game to get you focused for the game that week? Um, man, the games are so long, okay? And I remember being on the sideline like, I'm like, this game is so long. The TV timeout, the first, like, TV game. <laughs> Um, you know, it's like, I'm like, it's only the first quarter? Like, what is going on? So I remember my red shirt freshman year uh, going into the offseason, I really uh, made effort to be able to switch it on right away, okay? And so for me, um, I did that in the weight room before max out, before every set, um, is be able to sit there, get my mind right to give all my effort. And that's kind of where I focused on. It was all about effort. I can control how hard I go. I can't control anything else. And so for me, it was all about effort and staying in position. So like lifting weights is really easy because you can feel your body get out of whack if I'm bench pressing and my elbows go out or or I'm squatting and I don't keep my hips back. Like those things with my body, I can control. And so I built a lot of confidence. And so for me, I would never step on the field unless – I had that mindset. Unless I was going to stop, I stopped right before the sideline, take 10 seconds, five seconds, whatever it took, close my eyes, take a deep breath, and be ready to play and get my mind there. So for me, you know, I did all this stuff around and, and listen to music, and we used to listen to songs and, and get hyped. But for me, it was really about stepping on the field. I wouldn't walk on the field at practice. Um, if we had recruits and we're going down to the field to show them, I would not step in between the lines without getting my mind right. So for me, it, it was about turning it on because you can't stay in tents for three and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> right. I can't anyways. The intensity it takes to go out there and really uh, play. What about you? What What did you do? I think mine was the game week prep, right? Mm -hmm. I took training camp really seriously to get down our playbook because for me – Focus is – I'm not, like, the most serious guy all the time, right? Like, I'm not the most really? in all the time, right? <laughs> like, I like to have fun. And football was fun for me. But mm -hmm. the only way that I could have fun on the field and perform well was knowing what I was doing. And when you know what you're doing, you can play right. football, right? You're not playing plays. You're playing the game. And so you're able to move more freely. You're able to adjust – to defenders, you're able to adjust your routes um, a lot more on the fly, and that's when you're flowing. And just as a quick caveat, that's why the Kansas City Chiefs are so good. Um, when you watch those guys, they're playing and they're smiling, and you see them laughing, 
everything is genuine because those guys are having fun. When you see them breaking cats down and celebrating and things like that, it's not because they're arrogant. It's because these guys are legitimately having fun. And that's one of the most, one of my favorite things about watching those guys. And um, I just bring that up because that takes me back to college of having fun playing football. So knowing what I was doing, making sure I had the game plan down pat, that we ran all the reps that I needed to run in practice leading up to the game. That was how I stayed focused. And then on game day, that was how I made sure my focus was right. And then on game day, I had pretty much had a ritual down. Wouldn't call it a ritual. It was just a process of how I got mm-hmm. dressed. I had all my clothes folded in order. So I would, you know, put my my drawers on first and then um, would go my pants and then my socks. And um, then I would go get taped and I guess I would put my get tape before socks and then I come back in after I have my pads on and um, I always had the same equipment dude had Don put my pads on for me and uh, then I'd come in and get them wrist taped and you would be getting taped at the exact same time. I timed it always. So you were getting taped when I was getting my eye black strips done and Rex would be putting the eye black strip tattoos on and we would listen to uh, Lil Wayne upgrade you freestyle. Every yeah, let's day. go. Let's go. I know. Let's go. Every game. And that was how I stayed focused. That was how I got locked in on game day. And then, you know, it's cliche saying, but it's true. All the work is done before the game, right? If you're still working on game day, if you're still in the playbook on game day, you're done already. You're cooked. And so by the time we came out of the locker room on game day, I was not one of the guys who went out early, you know, in a tank top and, 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 and tights on trying to look good and that kind of stuff or jumping around on the goalposts or playing long toss. Like I didn't, I didn't need to do any of that. I didn't need to see the field until it was time to go. Cause I didn't want right. to waste any energy. <laughs> so right. the games are long and it takes mm-hmm. a lot out of you to play them. And so I, uh, I, w- I would go through that ritual. And then once it was time for, for pregame and specialists were up, um, that's when I would head out. And so, you know, we would go through our ritual there on the field um, our routine out there and then uh, captains would come up and man that was awesome great, great feeling that's awesome so you know talk about how do you think you know what you talked about knowing what you're doing okay and that 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 freedom of just going out there and playing ball right, right? and being able to you know, like the mindset, like for me, it was like mentally nothing can phase me. It doesn't, my ritual doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I forgot my socks or I got to borrow somebody's cleats or, or I got holes in my gloves because Don won't give me new gloves. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter what I'm going to go out there and ball no matter what. Right. And if that comes with confidence and, you know, I don't think you got to experience this because you're Martin Rucker, but me as a walk-on starting out there, the confidence comes later, but you have that you had there in the back of your mind, you know that if you mess up, it's going to affect your playing time. Right. And so as you're starting out, as you're starting out in your new receiver, you got to run the right route. You got you can't drop a ball. You have all these things because you know if it's third down, you get out there and you drop a ball, you run the wrong route, you're not going to see the field again. Okay, and so that looseness, that confidence comes with experience, right. knowing and then knowing your quarterback, knowing that he's not going to lead you into the safety, knowing that he's coming to you 
if you're running the dropout and you're doing your, the right responsibility and you make the right reads with the coverage that's happening. How do you think the the experience or lack of experience that Mizzou has now is affecting their play? Because that's kind of what I see is like knowing that I'm going to run full speed on every single route. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to say that it's because who I am, but I also know that Chase Daniel is back there and – there's a great chance I'm going to catch the ball in the dropout on field one when that never got thrown before. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a different um, urgency in your routes, different speed when you know that you're going to get the ball. There's a, a chance you're getting the ball. You're in the play call. Right. Um, how do you think that affects the receivers now specifically with the experience? Well, I mean, I think that's it, right, is the experience, because not only are they getting used to um, a new quarterback and um, as just doing some reading earlier and drinks pretty much turned over the entire receiver room in the two years that he's been there. I think there's only two receivers that are on the roster right now that were there when he got there. Mm-hmm. And so you got a lot wow. of new faces, you know, catching mm-hmm. balls from Basilak. And last year, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they started the year with Sean Robinson playing quarterback and then realized – that probably wasn't the best option. And him being a great teammate pivoted to defense and Basilak took over, took over the reins. And so you've had that turnover as well, but then you got to think about it. This is only the second year that these guys have been in this offense. Right. So they're not only getting used to playing with each other, catching balls from a quarterback, quarterbacks getting used to his old line blocking for him. Mm-hmm. But they're all adjusting to a completely new playbook with and you know drink being an offensive guru there's gimmicks in there there's weird mm-hmm. motions and all kinds of stuff it's kind of like when we went from a traditional offense to the spread offense right. um, so you know we got a little bit of you and I both have a little bit of experience with that um, with that changeover and that was one of the things earlier on in the year that I didn't realize but in that Central Michigan game I was so disappointed in a lot of the, the drop balls that uh, I felt were catchable balls and there were even a couple in the Kentucky game that uh I was upset at, but after looking at that, thinking, oh, well, duh, <laughs> like that makes 100, you know, 100% sense that uh, everybody's still getting used to each other. And that's another reason that them coming back after a loss at Kentucky and blowing out the SEMO team like they should, uh, I think is a, po- a very, very positive thing for where this team um, mm-hmm. is headed in the future. Another thing about that um, is that 77 guys got snaps on Saturday. So with these new rules where you're able to play a few games before they decide whether or not to burn your shirt, like that's huge because you got guys now getting get 77 guys. That's crazy. That's, so what that's do you mean? They're on an NFL roster, period. So they can play, they can really play games and they don't have to appeal for their red shirt. They get their red shirt. Yeah. Like I think back in the day, it used to be snaps. You could play a certain amount of snaps and that's how all the Oklahoma quarterbacks played like 10 years. But now, <laughs> you can, <laughs> but now you get a few games, and uh, so wait, wait, so wait, so you're <laughs> telling me that Tony Temple can get one more year eligibility? Is that what you're saying? You're he only played one game, he played one series. So you're telling me that we can get Tony Temple back oh, out there man. on the field? Does his eligibility stop at Division One? Did they change the rule? Tommy, can we get this. him? Don't. Can we get Tony? Don't do this. Back <laughs> out there for He's, one season. That's all I'm asking. I'm asking. I'll tell you what. 
some of them Oklahoma quarterbacks was like 33 years old when they were out there playing their senior year. So I think we should go dig up Tony Temple. I bet he's in better shape now, too. I bet he would not <laughs> step out there. But if he did, I bet he'd rush for at least 500. That's the only guy I've ever seen run a 4-4 without picking his knees up. <laughs> Neither one <laughs> of his feet ever came off the ground. He just scooted 40 yards in less than five or five seconds. <laughs> Man, we need a uh, we need a full episode just on the Cotton Bowl and running. I have, have to, it's absolutely insane story. It's crazy. Ooh. We'll have to have him on and uh, talk about the Cotton Bowl. Oh my gosh, we absolutely will. So fun. yes. Love but that. anyways, sorry, just sorry to <laughs> distract you. But I got really excited. You say, hey, you know, you only play one one game, then bring him back. You know right? what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you. Oh man, that's hilarious. Um so uh just kind of thinking along the lines of um the experience though, mm-hmm. how do you think your red shirt year would have gone? You think it would have been any different? think it would have been any better uh if you would have gotten to show what you had in the first three games of the year uh <laughs> my red shirt year no i was <laughs> terrible i didn't know anything i didn't know how to run a route I, they just threw at carney high school they stole the ball up i jump up and go catch it i don't know how to run a route just throw it throw it right now you smash throw it go up. get it yeah that's all i need didn't know right. how to run a route. Didn't know anything. Couldn't get off the line. Yeah. Uh, yeah Are there no, any I, players you could think of that over the course of the time that you were at Mizzou, that if they would have had three games, no penalty to show their stuff, their true freshman year, you think would have played versus Richard? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say what I thought I was going to say. But <laughs> not even going to go there. Um. That would have played, I would say, honestly, Chase Patton. Uh, I think so. I think, I think Chase Patton, you know, Chase Daniel came in and he's ran a spread offense ahead of time. Right. You know, I think if Chase Patton would have got in there and kind of um, thrown some passes, got some experience, uh, I think he could have been, you know, really great. You know, he had an arm. Um, he was a pro-style quarterback, uh, so I would have loved to see what he could have um, done. I'm trying to think. I mean, we had some great players, uh, great athletes. What about you? That's a really good I, – I wasn't thinking quarterback because quarterback position was pretty much sewed up the whole time we were there until like two yeah. years ago. Um, but, no, that that's a really good – Wow. If he would have got a chance to show what he had in a game before Chase, before Chase, before Chase did, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Um, somebody else, uh, maybe we talked about him last week, but for real, was Brian Barman. Guy yep. was a good football player. He came in, he did everything right, and yep. coaches just happened to take a chance, you know, with Chase Kaufman, and yep. it ended up working out. And you didn't hear much else from him again, but he was a yeah. good. Football player. I mean, good football yeah. player. He was one. And then um, Denario, because Denario redshirted, then he got hurt, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure he redshirted and then he got hurt because J Mac redshirted because he got hurt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If that's the case, which I'm pretty sure it is, I think um, that that could have been, been a little bit different too for Denario. For and then who knows? He may. 
not have gotten hurt or however the injuries timed out. Uh, right. His draft status may have been higher and uh, things could have worked out totally differently. But uh, just talking about great athletes who you know, excelled, those are a couple that stick out in my mind. What, going back to talk about old players, what do you think it would have been like if you had Justin Gage, Sean Coffey, Brad Ekwekwu, um, who else was receivers at the time? Um, if you had outlaw. those outlaw, what if you had those cats playing with Chase Daniel? What do you think the receiving group, or what do you think those guys would have done under Chase? Man, you know, I don't know. Coffee had, I think, a year with him. I know he had yeah. one um, with him, and you know, he had a good season. And Thompson on Boga was there too. Um, Yo. Right. <laughs> Yo. Uh, it's it's crazy because the stuff that they were able to do still with Brad, who was, you know, a, a great quarterback, but um, more of an athletic quarterback, more of a run 1A, maybe not always first, but, you know, running that style of offense, the things right. that they were able to do with him at quarterback, thinking about how what they would have been able to do with a, a more of a pure passing mm-hmm. quarterback. Um I think Gage's career would have been a lot better, um, clearly, because he was great, great in the NFL, played a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been, it would have done wonders for I think all of their careers. And that's not taking right. anything away from Brad, because I played with Brad for two years, and uh, I loved every bit of it. You know, we wouldn't have won half the games with <laughs> without him. And so, Brad is a, I mean, I think Brad is the best football player that I've seen. Like football player, I'm talking about just. Can do everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'd be third and twelve. Everybody knows he's running the ball. He would take it up. Like yeah. that isn't there's some of the some of the stuff that he would do on the field was just insane. It's like everybody. I remember standing on the sideline, my red shirt year, and I was like, "Is everybody else moving in slow motion?" And he is just <laughs> running like running around. I don't understand what is happening. Because he would be running full speed and it looked like everybody else is like slow motion. They're just like falling in front of them and diving behind them. I'm like, what is going on? There's few things like running a corner route. And when you turn around to look for the ball, Brad's running past you behind you. <laughs> yes. I'm out. Like, first of all, you're like, golly, man, you, y'all could have just called a run play. I'd have ran 20 yards down the field. He, He's right behind me. You could have just called the run play. Right. Then it's like, all right, perfect. Let's head to the sideline because Brad's headed to the house. <laughs> yeah, this is good. <laughs> but it was oh. so necessary, though, needed back then to have a oh. guy who could turn chicken salad, chicken into chicken salad. Uh, Man. You know, he saved a lot of plays and a lot of games with his feet back in those days. Uh, right. No discredit to the offensive line that we had back then, but. Um, you know, we were still building the program, and uh, it was different times at Mizzou. And so, uh, again, I don't know how we got off on the Brad Smith deal. It's always time, though. Uh, never the wrong time for a good Brad Smith tangent. Oh, my God. Uh, Brad Smith, hang on. <laughs> After we, My freshman year, we are in the uh, rec center, okay, and playing basketball, and we're hooping. And I don't, like, I don't know Brad Smith like that, you know. And – this guy goes up and shoots this, tries to shoot this turnaround jumper off the block. And Brad blocks this dude's shot. Okay, he jumps up, and it's like a volleyball spike. 
okay? It bounces like three feet behind the guy, okay? Yeah. And it bounces over the goal on the next court. <laughs> I was like, this dude is incredible. Yes. Like, he, he could hoop. He could do everything. So, anyways, shout out to Brad Smith. He's incredible. Can't do shout anything. out to Brad Smith. And just since we're talking about hooping in the wreck, um, if we got any older fans that are watching this show, you'll appreciate this. It'll be real quick. So we were hooping one day, and there's this old dude who's out there on the court, and he's giving people buckets. And I'm like, <laughs> why are they letting this old dude give them, the, give them buckets? So I get out on the court, and I'm gardening. And we're going back and forth, and it's like he's trying, but, like, I can still tell, like, he's still got a little bit left in the tank. And I'm, like, gardening pretty tough, and he, like, had his back to me, and then you know, he spun and shot like a fadeaway and I'm in his grill and he shot it off the backboard. He called bank and it went in. And I'm like, okay, who is this old dude? Cause he was balling for real. So we get off the field, off the court. I can't remember if we won or they won or whatever. And I'm talking to somebody. I'm like, who is that dude? And they're like, Oh, you don't know who that is. That's Derek Chivas. <laughs> I had no idea who he was. And then after I went and educated myself, I was like, oh, all right, cool. Guys like top yeah. five Missouri ballers in history. Like, all right. I'll give him a way off the glass. <laughs> I mean, he speed. did that to me. Same thing. I think I have the same story, <laughs> same exact story. He gave me like he gave me like 15 or 16, though. So Yeah, yep. man. I felt a little better about myself. I was still crunchy though. <laughs> I look back, listen, I look back and I don't know what was wrong with me, but I remember I hooped every night except for thursday night at the wreck during the season my red shirt freshman and sophomore year Seriously? like after practice yeah i oh. practice study hall i'll go hoop then sit in the hot tub i play at least three of games no sir <laughs> <laughs> no sir was at the house playing mlb 2000 do you remember, you remember they had to make a rule that you couldn't hoop during the season yeah i do sure do that was all yeah. your fault because we used to hoop on the wreck team we had a good team, and then they cheated us. They scheduled our. They told us our game was at one time, and it was actually at another. So when we showed up, our game was that we were had supposed to have played had just ended, and so they made us forfeit the game because we was out there killing. The That's flat hilarious. Teams. And we yeah, were beating they, them up too, but on the court though it was all legal. But they didn't want any of this physicality. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, back not football. Football. We can talk about hooping the rack all day. Right, right. Back to some football. So what are you going to be looking for in this Boston College game? Talk to me. What are you looking for out of the offense? What are you looking for out of the defense? Where do you think we need some improvement? Um, give me your thoughts. I want to see offense, the first couple drives, just move the ball down the field. Sure. You know, no three and outs. We need to get some first downs and just, and just move the ball. Um, mm -hmm. Get some momentum. Keep the defense off the field. Uh, and, you know, they do a really good job at running the bubbles and some of the uh, short passing game uh, that they have, the three-step game. So just really making sure, getting completions in there and moving the football down the field. That's really what I want to see out of the offense, uh, just completions. Uh, do the basics, do the fundamentals, right. and uh, just beat the guy in front of you. You know, a lot of times I remember – you know, you try to out-scheme them or we'd be practicing against our defense and they know what play was coming and 
Um, it's like that on the field sometimes. Like it doesn't matter. You have to beat the guy across from you. Doesn't right. matter if he knows your run out route. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the circumstances are. You have to beat the person across from you. And so right. uh, just re- real seeing that mindset and see if they can uh, go out there and, and move the ball those the first couple of series and get some points on the board. So what about you? Um, I'll be looking for a couple of the same things. So how the offense moves the ball. They can come out, score. Um, we'll be looking at three and outs. How well can we move the ball down the field and score points, whether it's field goals or whether it's touchdowns, um, penalties, making sure we're maintaining our discipline. Now we'll be four games into the season, and so cobwebs, things like that, those should pretty much be blown out and should be clicking on pretty close to all cylinders. I mean, I'm sure the entire playbook isn't going to be in, but uh, continuing to – one of the things that I've been impressed with um, – with our offense in doing is they continue to take shots one, whether we're converting them by catching the ball or not. Um, I, I, I still like it because what it does is it doesn't allow the defense to, to key in on the best player that we have on our offense and Tyler Beatty, uh, who's just killing the game in all purpose yards and, and doing everything for that offense. Um, they can't just cue in on him. It makes them focus on other people and it continues to keep that playbook open. Um, and then the other thing will be our defense, just how they communicate and getting stops. Uh, getting off the field on third down is going to be huge. That's going to be a common thread, a common theme all season long. In the SEC, you're going to have to get off the field on third down, whether that's third and short or whether it's third and long. You cannot allow the offense to convert and keep you guys out there on the field. And again, with having the new defensive coordinator um, and so many new guys on defense, just seeing how they continue to adjust, continue to adapt, and continue to pick up his style and how he continues to adapt his play calling to their style um, and how that works and help get stops. Uh, and there was one other thing that I was thinking of, and I forgot what it was. Oh, staying on schedule on offense, right? Having positive plays on first and second down, so it's third and short, not third and long. Or having positive plays on first down, so it's not second and long, and you have to throw the ball on second down to make it third and manageable. Uh, those are things that are going to really help this offense, especially as we get into playing stiffer competition. And uh, that's something that I'll really be looking at as well. So with that, anything else you want to talk about today? Anything else on your mind, man? I know you got a, a busy day. You're running a business, flipping a house, and you got a special visitor with you today. You're a dad. So, you know, yep. a girl dad at that. Uh, I know you got the little one with you and you had to carve out some time here. And sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So. Anything yeah, you know, on, man? I mean, you know, you do the best for your kids. You try to get them into the right schools. And, you know, we she starts a new school. And then, you know, you get an email like, all right, you know, Thursday is a half day and off, off of school on Friday for parent teacher conference. I'm like, a day and a half. What am I supposed to do? What are we doing? <laughs> wait a minute, I just gave you two grand and y'all get yeah, a day. Like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. What are you, <laughs> What do you mean? We all know no after school care, do you no daycare, or yeah, like what? I'm like, oh, okay, all right, let's swap the schedule out. Let's do it. Let's go do some fun stuff. But we gotta, uh, we gotta record a podcast first. So, no, you know, just just balancing um, everything. It's I think it's so interesting talking to all our former teammates and how. In college, we used to joke about the no excuses and the attitude and all the stuff they used to teach us. And now it's like you implement it in your business. You're implementing it with your kids. Yep. Uh, 
and uh, in your daily life. And those are real, you know, you look at it like, hey, these are core values that I learned how to actually execute and implement uh, into my life. So I think those are the things that, you know, just balancing and having the right um, attitude towards everything. Like, oh, adversity or changing my schedule. All right, let me move some stuff around. Let's let's make the most of it. Be present. Uh, so you're not just like, uh, okay, let me just get through the day and try to like check off all the stuff I need to do from work right. while my, you know, daughter is with me today. Like, right. no, let's do all this together. Be present. Um, mm -hmm. How you, you know, one thing that sticks in my mind is like, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. So, you know, if I can't be present with my daughter and, and do all of the things and make her day great and teach her and, and learn, how can I go be effective in my business? You know, when, when something gets changed up or with my family. So uh, that's really kind of taking, and that's football, right? Like adversity. Like I said, you know, when you step on the field, you're ready to play. So, uh, you know, that's what I try to do and try to be present all the time. And this is why I work, you know, to spend more time so I can take days off and um, do things that I love doing. And so I think it's just keep the right mindset, the right attitude. And I know that you uh, know that having three kids and and stuff comes up and you know it's kind of like the no excuses like you still got to get the stuff done you need to work and you still have to be present and and be there and with your kids and be there for your kids it's just like running a play you can call two of them <laughs> look at what the defense has got in front of you kill yep. kill kill <laughs> kill kill yeah eagle black razor omaha <laughs> omaha said that you gotta go man so but there you got it you got a show right. you got some words of wisdom from tommy you got our host 360 vodka in there keeping the show rolling right um next week we'll have a guest for you guys we'll be talking about boston college be talking about tennessee upcoming and uh maybe we'll throw some fun stuff in there for you too like always we appreciate you tuning in this is making the zoo with martin rucker tommy saunders presented by 360 vodka thanks guys m-i-z For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.